there's a guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? Since the beginning of time, since the first little girl ever existed, there have been dolls. But the dolls were always and forever baby dolls. Until... against the Nazis. And I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. They have a 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. Secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists. Welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm happy to be back after my birthday and suffering from COVID. And I'm 100% happy that my birthday surprise is our guest who's on the show with us today. So I'll hand over to producer Dave first before we talk about our guest. Hi, I'm producer Dave. Uh, glad to see you back. Sorry that we weren't available last week due to his COVID and also all the Krispy Kremes that he ate for his birthday. We, 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 we're not going we're to talk about the Krispy Kremes uh, because that's, that's, uh, that's uh, it's me having cheating on my diet. So we're not going to talk about that at all. But we can talk about the Thor mug I got for my birthday as well. But before we do that, let's talk about the other birthday surprise that I've got, which is our guest on today's show. She is she's what she's one of our favorite repeat guests who always comes on and brightens our day whenever she is she's here. Mostly because whenever she, I mean, not only her glorious smile when we see her on Zoom, but also from the location that she always is in. It is always making us feel a little bit, that little bit smaller. Please tell us your name and tell us where you're speaking <laughs> to us from today. Bonjour. I'm, I'm Gina and I'm just so thankful to be back on the show because I think it's literally been, I don't know, the hundredth time, more than I can count. So this time <laughs> we have a little bit of music. So thank you for coping with us today. You've been on the show far more far, far more times than producer Dave has been on the show at this point. Yeah, probably true, yeah. <laughs> so Genesuru filmmaker, film festival director is on the show with us. Uh, thank you very much, Jennifer, for joining us. Now, looking, I'm watching on Zoom and we're, we're recording and it's nighttime for us, so it's dark outside. 
but you in the <laughs> background is bright and sunny. Tell us where you are right now. I'm in the heart of Hollywood, uh, at the corner of Hollywood Boulevard and Fairfax. And it's been it's been a really ex exciting time, uh, considering uh, everything that's just uh, lining up for autumn. Uh, we, we have uh, uh, an amazing um, journey uh, with the Paris International Film Festival and also the newly relaunched Rendance organization in Paris. So thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to keep spreading the word of educational and 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 the word of filmmakers and screenwriters in this in these crazy times. I we read we again. This is like I said. I there's I do not I do not I'm not overestimating this when I say every time we have you on the show, I'm really happy that you're on. But there's a part of me a little bit that goes, I'm really jealous because you're coming in and you're talking about big big things. And it's like, it's amazing. We uh, You just even gave a, a quick highlight as to some of the things that you're going to be talking about. We will, this entire show, today's episode is going to be all about you and the, the, the news and stuff that you're going to be telling us about. And we will jump into all of that stuff in just a second. But before we get into that, I, I can't I, I can't go without saying the fact that you're wearing a pink uh, top at the moment reminds me of the fact that uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer smashed box offices this year um i am still lacking at the moment because i i had covid so i didn't go to see barbie or oppenheimer producer dave have you seen either barbie or oppenheimer it's on my list i should be seeing it within the next few weeks in actual fact within the next few weeks fair enough jenna suru have you seen either barbie or oppenheimer or both Woof. it's really funny because the restaurant right behind my, my back right now is called pink pepper so it, I love that you're bringing up uh, Barbie, and of course Oppenheimer. I I thought uh, I I love them both for very different reasons, but uh, I I thought those are must sees of the year. I, if you're a filmmaker, I think you should definitely run and and catch up with those, or maybe revisit those because they're just yeah. I, I was I was nicely surprised. Okay, so now so because I'm I'm def I've read a lot about both. I want to see both. Um, both have. People that I really, really love watching on 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 film. Greta Gerwig was the one who directed um, Barbie, but it's got Margot Robbie. It's got like almost all the cast of Sex Education. It's got Ryan Gosling. It's got Will Ferrell. It's got loads of people that I love watching on screen. So I do want to go see that. And then Oppenheimer. I mean, it's Christopher Nolan and his entire cast. It's got a whole bunch of people in it. It's it's got Florence Pugh, who I just can't stop raving about, and, and so on. But you know, for, as someone who has seen both films, let's start with Barbie. Tell us yeah. why people should go and watch Barbie, and then we'll do the same thing about Oppenheimer. So for so for someone like producer Dave, who doesn't want to go see the movies, tell us, tell producer Dave why he should go and see Barbie and Oppenheimer. Producer Dave should go uh, run see Barbie because uh, um, I think it's first Ryan Gosling's interpretation is really incredible. So I think it's it's important to mention. Uh, the film also. I'm I'm not gonna spoil the end, but I thought the end was really enlightening and and um, um just beautiful. So that was that was a nice surprise. I I like to say I was surprised because uh, I was very impressed by the marketing they did on the film with uh, Warner Bros. France. I thought the French campaign was really interesting. Uh, and uh, I was hoping the movie would be. 
up to the expectations we can have in 2023, especially that the millennials can have in, in this time for the future. And it definitely was uh, intriguing and more uh, thoughtful that uh, it, it could have been in other circumstances. But also, uh, I personally love that Barbie, uh, you know, the director, she's just immensely talented, but she also really knew how to um, incorporate the multi-generational aspects and speak to everyone, and including the non-binary uh, movement, uh, really including those perspectives into uh, the story and also the way the the film was filmed. I I, I think was really intriguing. I, I love that they included uh singing and uh the colorful um aspects was really reminding me of my childhood. I didn't grow up with many Barbies. Uh, I I was very lucky to live in uh, a neighborhood where it was easy to walk and share with other children. Uh, sometimes. Today, I'm not that sure that children have the same opportunities. I see a lot of children on their phone, uh, or at least too much than I, sh I feel they should be on. I'm not sure it's good for them. I think it's important to listening to teachers, professors, doctors, and be very aware and conscious of the impact screens can have on a child's brain. So all of those aspects, uh, in a way, were tackled and Barbie, and I really appreciate that. That's it. Um, so producer Dave. <laughs> yeah, so Think producer, about it. Producer Dave, you need to go and watch Barbie to get all of that information. And you can see, you should, you shame on you for not having watched Barbie yet. Uh, you, you're, you're judgmental. Oh, attitude. really? Uh, just me? I mean, I, I thought you hadn't watched it either. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> Jenna, you, <laughs> you said you've seen uh, Oppenheimer as well. So we just talked about Barbie. Tell, tell us what was what was amazing about Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, I mean, I was so um, I thought it was really nice. First, I'm personally a fan of every film that deals with engineering. <laughs> I think I think it's important to remember that uh, sometimes uh, you you both uh, with producer Dave know that I, I work a lot with the Paris International Film Festival and that our initiatives are very. We may be relatively smaller film festivals in comparison with Cannes, but we certainly have an ambitious project uh, to carve some perspectives that we feel are, are important. And um, I think any um, initiative related to science is really key. I feel also sometimes the organizations who promote science and women in science in particular are really uh, uh, at the top of things uh, on the market, and they really do a great job. Um, when I when I teach two classes of engineers in 2023, amongst 44 students, usually there are four females. Uh, the non-binary movement is definitely arising, and I think it's just uh, it's just important to to realize that uh, change also comes with uh, techniques, and it's important to have women. Uh, in every uh, aspect of, uh, of of our change. And that sometimes comes with uh, inventions and um, uh, having a space for those who actually make things. So I love that Oppenheimer uh, was dealing with um, such an accident, uh, not spoiling anything, but just highlighting on 
responsibilities, uh, highlighting on um, uh, the, the problems that can arise uh, in a group. That's something we also know in, with filmmaking, but it's, it's just absolutely mind-blowing to see the impact that one individual can have, good and bad, and uh, have, have it through history, but also understanding it through the perspective of one character, um, with all due talent, due, due respect, uh, understanding also what could be the uh, the things that could go wrong. Because a lot of times, uh, life uh, teaches us the lessons, and um, I, I just I just love that the film explored that beautifully. I thought the soundtrack was really intriguing. I thought it was. There were a lot of great silent moments. There were a lot of uh, great um, times where music was the, the, uh, a, a, an important part of the sound and there was not so much talking. I, I thought also the cast was absolutely stellar. All the guest stars on, on that film. Um, uh, Emily Blunt is, is remarkable, obviously, but I, I think overall it was very obvious that, uh, that, that this film uh, was made with a lot of... Uh, a, a lot of of thoughts for our young generation again the, the millennial generation who also cares for our planet and and has a lot of anxiety uh in terms of of what's being changed right now it's actually quite it's quite funny you mentioned um about how paris international film festival delves into or deals a lot with the with um me, with mechanics and with technique and style and it's actually it's, as i was saying it's funny that this is a film that would definitely have done very well at the Paris International Film Festival because it was Paris International Film Festival was its inception was during COVID and getting a a festival atmosphere online where the the techniques that you use to do it with people being able to log on and see a map and go to various stages there's a lot of of construction that's done so it's not just about coming and watching a film it's also about the interface that you you allow plus the films as well they show at the paris international film festival showing various uh stylistic techniques in the way they were performing i think this would have done very well and it's one i definitely want to see it's high on top of my list i'm going to drag producer dave so we're going to watch barbie first then we'll go and watch oppenheimer and then we can come in and agree with you or disagree because producer dave he doesn't like that kind of stuff he doesn't like Good movies and technique movies and whatnot. So we'll we'll see how he I think. <laughs> You're listening to Breeze on Wednesday, four point four FM. I'm Marcus E. And I'm a bemused producer, Dave. And we're joined by <laughs> our friend, friend of the show, film director, film festival director of the Paris International Film Festival, Jenna Suru. She's gonna be with us throughout the entire episode today. We've just been talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer. We're gonna jump into film and TV news and get some uh, some of the news that uh, uh, Jenna is gonna be telling us because every time she comes on the show, she always baffles us with the new projects that she's working on. So we're gonna do that in a few minutes. Then we're gonna do some spotlight on her own projects. She'll tell us all about that as well. Let's jump first into film and TV news. <laughs> Jenna, you are in Hollywood right now, and you were mentioning just at the, at the start of the show, you said that you had some news for us about Rain Dance Paris. Now, there, there are people who may not necessarily be aware of Rain Dance 
what it is uh, and so on. I know a lot about rain dance. Uh, Producer Dave and I went to some of their uh, their parties back in the day. Can you tell us those listeners who don't know what rain dance is and then lead into rain dance Paris for us? Rain dance is mostly two things. First, it's a film festival that usually takes place during what in France we call La Toussaint. So that's basically the dates that are overlapping Halloween between the end of October, early November. In 1992, Elliot Grove, the founder of Randance, had a visionary idea to say everyone can and perhaps should make a film. Uh, this year, this is the 31st edition of the Randance Film Festival. Randance is also a school that now has uh, many, uh, a lot of impact to uh, make filmmakers and, and not versus than let's say, teach filmmaking. Uh, and the Paris division of that school is reopening. There was a school in Paris before the pandemic, and we are very excited about this new project. Um, what I personally love about Randance is that first, I actually discovered Randance 10 years ago as a filmmaker. I had worked on a web series, and that web series, which at the time, was also starring uh, the young Disney uh, lead actress of uh, Frozen, uh, who picked up an Academy Award at such a young age. Uh, Randance was one of the only film festivals in the world to, to select and have a category in competition for web series. Uh, but I, I always felt that London, UK in general has been so ahead of, uh, of many in terms of cultural improvements. Um, when it comes to Paris, I am very excited because uh, be it through our school, be it through um, the Paris International Film Festival, I can see all these remarkable uh, young filmmakers uh, who um, are so talented. Uh, but in a way, there is also so much to learn. We discussed science. I mean, there is so much to learn about cameras and sound and music and then here comes the legal aspect. And obviously on top of all those things, it's important to network and understand this industry. Uh, otherwise it can become really uh, uh, challenging and, and isolating also for a filmmaker uh, who, who doesn't have access to uh, the knowledge or the nitty of um, how to make a film. So uh, for France, I am so excited because for me, the Cannes Film Festival is just an absolute uh, inspiration and I think what can can achieve is just beyond what a film festival uh, is even made for. Uh, I'm really excited. I feel with uh, Randance Paris, we are going to be able to also welcome uh, young filmmakers from uh, European countries who need to have um, uh, access to the knowledge of how to make a film and also will find a home in Randance Paris and uh, a community to connect with and, 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 and thrive with. So yeah, we will be at the Random Film Festival. As luck would have it, I will be covering the red carpet and interviewing the filmmakers in competition. So it will be a great way to also start talking about Random Paris. If you have any questions, please do come and say your warmest bonjour. It will be wonderful to hear your insights. Absolutely. So so the Raindance Film Festival in London runs from the 25th of October to the 4th of November. Um, it, it, when is the when is the rain dance uh, 
Paris Festival running? So Run Dance Paris, I, in my eyes, is not meant to become a festival okay. on, uh, as such. However, uh, there will be monthly events where filmmakers will have a space and an opportunity to show their films and have a conversation about it. I feel it's really about the conversation. Uh, I see what Run Dance is achieving in Dubai or in a city like Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's just absolutely invaluable. Uh, and it's great to be working with those hubs. Uh, in the Paris hub, the, the goal, I think it's it's pretty clear for us now, but it will be mostly about the conversation because these filmmakers have such a story to tell and it's important for them to share. And it's important for them also, I feel, to get feedback and uh, be able to connect and keep growing with um, their universe. Uh, uh, France is a relatively smaller country, so it will be important to also have a, a, a program of panels and 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 for filmmakers, I think I think being able to connect with, you know, like Hollywood level or or, or literally professionals flying from Hollywood for those events all year long will just be an, an absolutely uh, important addition to what's currently available in 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 in, in France. Yeah, and you're right uh, because the the hub, which would then be in Paris obviously will be having networking sessions. They'll most likely have things like the uh, um, uh, booze and schmooze, which they, they have in the UK, in London, which I love going. I used, I used to go to them, uh, this is before COVID, um, and, uh, and and the festival was fantastic. Producer Dave and I went to the opening of uh, one of the festivals, in I think it was 2018 or 2019, where it was the... Um, was it not Charleston? But it was like the, the 1920s gangster theme, which was uh, which was fascinating. Um, but yeah, they fantastic group of people there. Elliot Grove uh, is very very down to earth. He, he, he mingles with everybody. He gives advice and you know to anybody who would uh, go and ask. He's been his his main ethos, as you said, is anybody that has the opportunity, anybody that has an idea for a film should just pick up a camera and start shooting no matter how low budget it is go and do it and you never know what will, will come out of it so the rain dance film festival this year is running from the 25th of october to the 4th of november go onto their website it's just raindance.org slash festival and you'll be able to get all the details about them and then obviously as as jenna jenna you said if, if i heard you correctly you're going to be at the uh, you're going to be at the red carpet for the Rain Dance Film Festival in London, interviewing people. Yes, I, I will be there, um, and I, I really advise also for um, every filmmaker listening to this to uh, acquire the industry pass or get in touch with the hospitality office for the panel program because this is mostly about the films. This is also mostly about having this access and opportunity to uh, meet and and see. Uh, incredible filmmakers and uh, professionals who can really be uh, helpful. Uh, I, I think you will have a great uh, insight and uh, idea of what the school in Paris will be like if you if you come and, and um, uh, engage into the panel program. Um, this year, Catalonia is going to be the uh, invited country. Well, not country, but uh, I think it's, it's just beautiful to see how um, those uh, get-togethers uh, can bring to you. Uh, so I, I really recommend you attend in person. And of course, feel free to, uh, to come and meet us. Uh, I, I will be there. So again, it, it, will, be, it will be great to, to chat and, and catch up with what, 
what has been like last year was so great uh it, it was a beautiful edition and everything was back on post pandemic so that was really nice absolutely it's it's something that we're going to do our best uh it, it's it, it's end of this month we'll see what we can do get ourselves over there even if it's just for the party um get producer dave drunk as always and it'll be fantastic <laughs> Right. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Iaco. And I'm producer Dave. And we are here with our friend and filmmaker and film festival director, Jenna Suru, who's just been talking about Rain Dance Film Festival in the UK, who's going to be talking to us, uh, who's going to be talking to us about the Rain Dance Paris, when it starts to go. We'll be getting her back on the show more often to talk about that. Uh, but before we do any of that, let's, let's jump into our spotlight session uh, where we will begin to talk about Jenna's project. So not the Raindance stuff, but what Jenna Suru has been up to this year. We're going to jump into that in our spotlight section. So just before we jump into Spotlight and talk all things Jenna Suru and her projects, uh, great news, WGA appear to have uh, met a compromise with their strike. So the Writers Guild of America, who have been striking for a while because of uh, the, uh, you know, the terms of contracts signed with the studios, they seem to have reached an agreement. And one thing in particular that uh, it stands out in the agreement uh, you, there's, this is something that we're reading, reading on uh, The Guardian and BBC News uh, and Variety, etc. A deal has been made. And one thing in particular, as was mentioned, was the, 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 the amount that they had added to what needs to be paid was triple what they had originally pitched in the first place. And the studios had said, no, they couldn't do that. And now because of the strikes and because of everybody backing, especially as uh, um, um, SAG, which is Screen Actors Guild, they backed as well with their own strike. Uh, the strike is now over. So it seems uh, that's great. Every The writers have gotten what they want. We now start seeing um, talk shows popping back up on our screen. Uh, we have um, Jimmy Fallon and uh, David Colbert and uh, Seth um Seth Myers, Seth Myers and so on. All the all the talk shows are coming back because all the writers are now back in. Producer Dave, did you read much about the um about the the strike? You must forget Drew Barrymore. Has her has her show come back? Her show is scheduled to come straight back, yes. So uh, <laughs> she was she, I think she's very, very grateful to be quite honest after all the bashing that she got, to be quite honest. Yeah. But uh yeah, they've also made agreement on the AI um aspects of it as well that's uh, yes yeah. absolutely um in fact, we haven't got the fine detail yet yeah, yeah. just looking at the uh the um the article in the guardian uh it says on on what was it this was this bit so it says here on sunday wga hailed the three-year agreement as exceptional with meaningful gains and protections for writers in every section in every sector of membership I'm just scrolling right through. There were some bits about uh, the about use of AI where they've stripped the idea of AI being uh, used. So AI is not going to be included in contracts to, uh, you know, they can't attribute storytelling to AIs. However, they can't stop 
writers from using AI when they are writing and coming up with their own scripts. So that's the one bit in particular the writers were very, very, they were worried about because, you know, they would turn around and just say, oh, no, we, we've, we, you know, the studios can say, we came up with this idea ourselves. We used AI to generate it. And as such, copyright for the story goes to the studios because AI can't hold copyright. So that goes to the studios. Meanwhile, the writers who've actually worked on the stories, created the stories, um, they wouldn't get any kind of royalties or any rights to that particular story. So that now is completely out of the window. They've taken that. Um, sorry, Producer Dave, you were saying something in particular about one of the, uh, the terms of the contracts? Uh, it was about the AI, but uh, they didn't go into much, as much detail as you gave. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so that was that was essentially it. It was because uh, I I I um I I was re I was reading one of the uh, articles and then I watched a video from one of the writers who had posted on YouTube who had talked about a lot of the points that they had achieved and that was the main that was some of the main concessions as well. Also, the fact that they've actually increased the amount. Uh, the percentages, I believe, it's now gone up to five percent that they are entitled to. Uh, but it's, there's a there's a it's, it's essentially one of the um, one one of the writers who was one of the head negotiators, um, Adam. I can't remember his last name, but he does a, a show on YouTube, or he used to do a show on YouTube. He doesn't do it anymore. Where Adam debunks things, so any kind of like conspiracy theories and whatnot, you'll see him. Adam Conover, that's it, Adam Conover. So he was one of the negotiators in the strike and an interview that he did, I think with CNN, he talked about how um, the, you know, the, in the, the first leg of the negotiations, the studios were saying, no, there is no way they can reach the figure that they were proposing at that point. And then 146 days later, I think they tripled or doubled that particular um, uh, demand. So it shows striking works. It's good. Um, well done for the writers, uh, Writers Guild of America. Screen Actors Guild are also on strike at the moment. So they are pushing and they are pushing as well. One of the bits that really is concerning about what they're striking against, which I completely agree with the Screen Actors Guild on, is the use of AI where... Uh, studios want to use AI to replicate background artists. So they'll get a background artist to come in for one day. They'll shoot one day and then they'll use AI to regenerate that particular background artist in perpetuity till the end of time, which means that background artist only gets paid for one day and they could their image and likeness could be used for a hundred films going forward, 100 films and TV shows until the end of time. And that is just ridiculous as a proposition to make. So let the Screen Actors Guild uh, stand firm and they will get their way. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Iaco. And I'm producer Dave. And in our spotlight section today, we have the wonderful, the talented, the everywhere lady, filmmaker, film festival director, Jenna Suru with us. She's just been telling us about her adventures with Raindance, how they're going to be starting off Raindance uh, Paris, and she's going to be leading that, and she's going to be on the red carpet at Raindance uh, Film Festival uh, UK from the 25th of October to the 4th of November. But every time we talk to Jenna Suru, Jenna Suru always talks about what, uh, you know, she, she gives us all the marvelous projects that she is working on at the moment. So Jenna, let's throw to you. Let's start to hear all the projects that you're currently working on at the moment. What are you working on at the moment? 
Thank you for this beautiful introduction, Marcus. I'm always impressed uh, by, uh, you know, be, being back on this amazing um, uh, show, which I know is listened by uh, an amazing community of filmmakers. We are so looking forward to the upcoming edition of the Paris International Film Festival next year. And as you know, there is no secret that the Olympian Games are coming up, that greenness will be a huge challenge, and that it will be a beautiful time celebrating change and sports, team spirit, and the importance to participate. So this is something now we are extremely excited to be working on uh, for now actually a few good weeks, I would say, since Cannes Film Festival, um, especially because uh, there are so many athletes, uh, female athletes or non-binary athletes who have so much to say for sports, and it goes really beyond the actually the actual mastering of uh, of the uh, competition or techniques to win. There is a whole training and preparation, so it will be great to welcome European athletes and also from uh, over a country like the United States. And it's just okay. So here's a question I've wanted to ask you. When you get because I mean it's it must fill you with such pride to be able to to work on a lot of projects because a lot of projects that you talk about are uh, you know to do to represent Paris and represent France. How does it feel to be called up to such a grand stage to represent your country in this regards? I feel I feel a lot for the. Uh, for millennials or young generations in general, I think um, today it's uh, a really exciting time because we have so many great inventions in our hands and we also have so much uh, international love and friendship that is being enabled by the technology that we have at our disposal. And for me personally, to represent Paris and welcome artists welcome creatives and um, free thinkers who are here to really bring a, a positive change for the community at large. It, it's an honor uh, to, to just represent Paris and welcome them all. I, I feel um, there is so much to do with creativity. Uh, creativity really is something we should never take for granted. Uh, and, and a lot of the time, the youth who want to be creative don't necessarily have the access either to the persons or the media. This is why I'm so thankful uh, for this great, great show because uh, it really enables us to talk quickly about something that is dear to our heart and, and really achieve change together. But a lot of the time, um, what happens beyond the will or desire to create is the importance of community and uh, really start with solid foundations and building up. So this is something we are set uh, for with Rendance in Paris. And this is also something we are thriving at the International Film Festival because there is such a high demand and it's beautiful every year. This will be our sixth year. It's beautiful to see various generations come together, very uh, professional uh, directors, meaning as famous as Clementine Salarier or as prestigious as Academy Award nominees come together with the best talent uh, that is flying because everyone is flying all over from the US, Europe, Asia, Africa. It's just, it's, it's, it's a, a beautiful rendezvous and it's becoming 
um, even more of a, a pleasure and an honor to, to get together and, and celebrate them all. And, and one question I wanted to ask as well, because the Paris International Film Festival has started to expand its reach. Uh, and it's it's we were we are lucky in Shoot the Breeze to be included. Thank you very much for including us at, with the growth of Paris International Film Festival. It's allowed us to, to interview great, extremely fantastic filmmakers across the years, um, from, especially when the pandemic happened right through to this year. Um, now, obviously, you have Paris International Film Festival and you have the massive Cannes Film Festival. Have there been any sort of moves to be made to have sort of a a conjunction between Paris International Film Festival and the Cannes Film Festival, maybe have something like a booth at Cannes where you can have some of the um, the the films, the filmmakers who participate in Paris International Film Festival have some sort of an appearance at the Cannes Film Festival. I think, I think Marcus, maybe producer Dave will know better because I still need to count. I think next year will be our 11th attendance at Cannes. And this festival, aside of the Marche or the selection, or all the incredible events that are set there and preferred all year long, is in my eyes more than um, a rendezvous or uh, even a film festival. I think what is being achieved by the team is beyond what the film festival is set for. Uh, the first time I ever attended the Cannes, I had just turned 20. And the first time I walked the Cannes Film Festival red carpet, there was an immediate sense for me of belonging and be, feeling being part of something that's so much bigger than us. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so proud to be heading to Lyon for the Lumiere Festival. This will also be an anniversary. I am so proud to welcome Filmmakers, when they arrive in Cannes, it will be our fourth year with the Film USA organization. Actually, it will be our third year. Uh, but uh, this year, we, we we were speaking on the panel program there uh, in a pavilion that was twice as big as the previous edition uh, at the Marche. And for me, Cannes is really an inspiration. Uh, I don't really have any pretension to try to... Uh, you know, be an equivalent of one of the outlets that are there. Uh, I, I feel a lot about international cooperation. I Just to mention the Awareness Film Festival. So I will be speaking about creativity marketing on their panel program. And this will be set in the exact same location as uh, the Golden Age. My debut feature was uh, having its uh, one of its premieres at the Downtown LA Film Festival. So being back to our communities and spreading the word and the knowledge, I think, is really key. I understand not every filmmaker can have the time to do this for your or your long, but for some reason, for me, uh, I feel it's um, it, I feel it's um, part of my path to be uh, in those outlets and communities and keep sharing the great work that is out there and help these filmmakers thrive. This is really my, my, my goal. And Cannes will always be the ultimate inspiration and ultimate rendezvous in the year for, I think, uh, still a, a very uh, long time. So I hope you guys come. You are representing with producer Dave, the 
the beauty of independent filmmaking in the UK would be beautiful to have there. I, like I keep saying, I want to go. I, I want to go. But producer Dave keeps holding us back. He keeps saying that he can't make it. And as such, um, it's, it's unfortunate he's on mute right now. So he can't agree with me. <laughs> well, I'm, yes. I'm certainly Think not going to go there. <laughs> I'm not certainly not going to go there. It's not all down to me, but we'll see. I'm, I'm certain that we'll be able to get there next year. We'll see. We'll plan. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we're here with the wonderfully talented Jenna Suru, filmmaker, film festival director. Just been talking about uh, the the uh, the expansion of films and her work of films in Paris, in France. Uh, you, you mentioned the Golden Age, Large Door, beautiful, your beautiful debut. Uh, the last time uh, we spoke, I remember you said that you were planning a uh, you were planning a uh, screening in the UK. Uh, what was what has happened since then? Have are people in the UK able to catch Large Door? Um, when can we hear more about that film? Thank you for mentioning. Actually, this screening in London at the Everyman Cinema has been postponed. The reason for this is uh, unexpected distribution agreement. So this is really exciting. Uh, and uh, it was great to have this screening before the pandemic. I know that uh, your team was in attendance and I'm very thankful for that because uh, the Genesis Cinema was just... Uh, Absolutely incredible. Uh, just a very quick reminder. So the, the London premiere of The Golden Age actually did happen. And it happened in a very uncertain time of uh, the exact day where France decided to lock down for the first time. And it was a beautiful uh, moment, uh, though the following days were certainly interesting. Uh, and I really want to admit the generation again, because I think they were just absolutely incredible and professional uh, in, in, this, in this crazy, crazy times. Um, so yes, we will have more news on how you can watch Lash Door if you haven't already. Uh, I'm also in development for a second feature right now. So I think I mentioned that on the show before. This is moving forward, which is which is really nice. And I really want to give a piece of advice to filmmakers right now who are reading about the strike or who really want to make their film happen is really the importance of um sharing with um, professionals who understand your path or understand uh, your career or work enough that they really want to get a board with you. So for us, obviously, the question is always about language because in France, uh, French is very prominent and uh, we have to decide whether we are to write in English or in French. So this is also one of the pipeline questions we will raise during um, the classes at the Rendance in Paris, uh, because I, I think language is always key. So, And language also is a great way to uh, get together and share, but it can also be a, a barrier when it's not spread correctly or shared correctly. So this is, all of these are great um, um, tokens for uh, for thinking and, and developing and we always love to hear from you so if you have any ideas or or any um any form of projects you think would be beneficial to share with a community in france please do reach out to us we are on socials we we try to be as helpful as we can whenever we can I, whenever when you like I've, i always say to every filmmaker 
when you've got your film, your second film ready to go, and you need to cast a stoically good-looking uh, person of African descent, just know that you have producer Dave at your beck and call. Whenever you're ready, just know he's going to exude the the brilliance and the 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 stoicism of a of a of a Morgan Freeman or a Daniel you know a Donald Glover. Just if you that's a, if you've got a character like that, just look for producer Dave. He's going to be available, ready for you for your for your film. So, uh, see, see producer Dave. You see what I did there? Thank you very much. I'm, I'm not I'm not going there at all. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, so, how far along in your in the um, in, in the development process are you with your film, Jenna? So the film uh, is my second film, which I think is important because the Golden Age I wrote relatively quickly. Uh, this one has been through several stages of development already. The first stage of development was a roundtable at the Women Film and TV Organization in the UK. And I really have to thank that roundtable because from this event, I decided rather than turning that project into a TV series, which has was in at the top of my head at the time, it was during the pandemic, I turned it into a feature because uh, I think the power of cinema is beautiful, but also for me, this story really is a film. Uh, so this has, has been through uh, stages of development that were quite interesting for me as a writer because uh, usually the way I write is really specific. So instead of, you know, Sometimes you hear advice like write 10 pages a day. So for me, it's very different. I like to uh, develop the narrative arcs and the characters. And uh, I like to, um, in a way, mature the universe. And then I, I tend to write it in a go, uh, a little bit like a baby. Uh, but for me, another perception that is going to be, I think, a great uh something great to learn with this second project will be collaboration because for now I wrote a lot on my own. Not completely. This is not completely true. I did write a DV pilot with a British screenwriter who's very talented and it was a blast. But it was also a project that I was asked to write. Uh, whereas the second project I'm, I'm mentioning to you, Marcus and producer Dave, is from my own initiative. And um, I think uh, that... This one will be really exciting to probably be in English. The reason for that is that I already worked for Golden Age in French. This one, I believe, is more, well, it has to be a feature in my eyes. I believe because of the story, uh, it will be really important for it to be uh, filmed partly in the U.S. Uh, and because of that, I, I think it, it's, it's, it's right to also film at least partly in English but also it's a very globalized story that we are working on um, with um, collaborators so for now I haven't attached anyone to the project I think it's great that you mentioned cast because cast is always just actors are the voices of our films actors are the, the heart of our films um, so I'm watching a lot of films right now. I'm trying to attend some of the film festival, attend the screenings like Awareness Film Festival or other festivals, of course, at Trendance, because beyond uh, interviewing the talent uh, and, and watching their work, obviously, um, 
I, I always love to see how we can maybe help or or collaborate more and discover talent and also open a door to, to France and projects that are more European or, or more international with with a vision that hopefully is is, uh, is interesting and new. Uh, I think it's mostly about trying to to bring new things to the table, actually bring something to the table. And as far as I'm, I'm concerned, I see it a lot with international collaborations. I, in fact, there, there was a question as you were talking that popped into my head and I, I, I can't believe I've never really asked you this question before. Um, what draws you particularly as a writer, actress, director, what draws you to a project that makes you feel this is something I really want to get involved in? What what pulls you to a project? There are uh, a few reasons that can drive me to a project. Uh, I would say the first, uh, one of the, those reasons are probably the long-term goal. I feel if you are uh, aligned with your path and uh, if you and your collaborators who are uh, part of the project already have the same trajectory, usually it can take time but it, it rarely goes wrong. <laughs> uh, so I don't think we can announce it yet, but I, I'm happy to work for European Talent for a management company based in the US. And I think um, and one of the films of, of, um, of the town there that is being represented there will be screening at, at the Randance Film Festival. And that is something I love because for me, there is nothing like seeing people around you succeed. So obviously that takes sometimes a little bit of like I think you have to go with your gut I think this is what I mean but there are also steps not to miss like your long-term goal or uh, what you understand to be your desire to be in this industry but also just to, to tell the story uh, because this industry is solely based on humans uh, imagine an audition where the actor doesn't show up or imagine any film, doesn't matter if it's a blockbuster or a small short in the project, it, it literally doesn't matter. You are a team, you are making this happen together. This industry is solely based on our agencies. We are here to share a story that is find either interesting or entertaining, hopefully both. Hopefully everyone can take away something that's uh, adding up to, uh, to our societies and adding up to the global conversation that we should be having today. Uh, so I would say, yeah, what draws me to a project to answer your question, Marcus, I think it's really, it's really all about talent. And that's, I think it's sometimes it's hard to uh, describe exactly what that could mean. But for me, it comes a lot with uh, being aligned with your path as an artist and why, what drew you to the industry in the first place, what do you to be becoming a filmmaker or an actor? Uh, you have to be really conscious about uh, the reasons that drew you where you are and always um, kind of question it and or ask for feedback and, and, and try to be as aligned as possible with, with, with just your, your desire to continue and, and, and keep creating with hopefully internationals and and also uh, and new talent. We're all looking for new stories today. It's mostly about trying to find something that's exciting or a project that will really resonate beyond 
the streaming platforms. Excellent. And it's just it, one of the reasons why it's because I've talked to you over the last few years from what I've known you, you know, from me knowing you and the range of projects that you I've seen you involve yourself in. Obviously, there's there's large door. There's the other projects you've working on, which is very musical, very uh, global, very, very uplifting type of films. Uh, and also with the films that have come through Paris International Film Festival, which have shown a wide range. It's great to see your uh, your range of of, uh, of of passions come into the projects that you're working on. And that's why it's, it surprises me that I've never actually sat down and asked you that question and so it's like as we're talking about i was thinking i need to find out what actually draws you into a project it might even help me so the next time i try to pitch a project i can pitch something that i know is more something that you're, you're interested in and now i know so that's great and I, what, what i want to do is i want to wrap up this interview with a question another question i haven't asked you um because i know you're very very busy but what tv show have you been uh, when you when you need to rest and just switch off and just enjoy yourself, what TV show have you been watching that you've done that with? It's hard to just mention one. Uh, I personally love Droll, I think, in English. I think it was translated to Standing Up. I personally love that show. Uh, now the showrunner, Fanny Herrero of that show, I believe is back on developing a new season of Call My Agent, the Pourcent. I yes. personally love Troll. Maybe it was so good and the actors were so, the cast were so talented that uh, they, they just, for some reason, because of the calendar year, it didn't, it didn't really match um, all the audience's uh, expectations because it's also a series that is in French and, uh, and, and standing up is, is not, Probably not as uh, as worked out in France than in other countries like the U.S., where, where it's really like it's just mind blowing. I think in France it's still kind of getting there, but it's great. I thought it was great because it was great to show that it's starting. Like all the great inventions that happen in the U.K. or, or the U.S., they, they do end up also happening in France, and I thought it was great to explore that path. Uh, and I, I I I love TV series because I think they also are a great way to explore characters differently. And there is a sense of expectation and the audience can interact with the story when they uh, tweet about it or share on social media, like like Facebook or or on fan pages or interact with, with, the, with, with, the, with the teams behind these uh, amazing projects because then it can really impact the, the story. And I think that's, that's something that's probably a good idea because um, um, we, we need that um, dynamic from working with the Cannes Series Festival, which is the TV festival of Cannes, uh, from day zero, uh, I was first line to see all the great stories that are out there. And I, I think it's interesting to have some, some kind of interactivity. Uh, well, cinema is obviously quite the medium, but I, I love that TV adds something that's uh, that's really completely different in terms of approaching your audience and uh, reacting to their expectations or sometimes surprising them. I love to see Shelter at the Monte Carlo TV Festival in June. I, I, I know it premiered on Prime Video. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch it on Prime Video. I watched it there. So I'm not sure what's the status of that series currently, but I love that it was a great um, 
a great uh, love letter to millennials and, and families and that it was addressing really well the sensation or feeling to be a little bit ungrounded sometimes or to uh, to also be addressing uh, bullying at school and the importance of uh, of awareness. I guess it, it mostly comes down to awareness at the end of the day. And TV is probably one of the most aware media that I would I, I would know. I I do like your idea that you just that you've met, that you mentioned, which it's, I, I know there have been people who've tried something like that where you can have a TV show where there where at the end of each episode they go on social media and they say the fans should pick one of three uh three sort of methods or three story th threads to go so for example it's a cliffhanger and then it's like okay this person is about to be struck by a car three options should they get hit by a car should they narrowly avoid the car should the car stop in front of them and it's someone they know and you put that out there and the fans get to decide which one it is. And then the next week, that's the episode, whichever movie. That would be a great idea to be to, to do as a TV series. Kind of like what they do with the Choose Your Own Adventure books. And I know Netflix had that with um one of the Black Mirror ones with um, oh, what is it? Uh it's it's a Black Mirror, the one before the most recent season, where it's a choose your own adventure. So you can pick what the characters actually do. But instead, do this for like weekly uh, TV shows where, you know, you go on social media, you pick which option should be and the uh, popularity vote wins. And we'll see where we go from there. That's an idea to pitch. Producer Dave, get get working on it. Uh, I'm the ideas guy. I throw it your way. <laughs> yeah, you okay. get it done. So Fine. We'll get that sure. Done. Okay. <laughs> You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to listen to myself ramble. I Obviously, you've been listening to myself, to Producer Dave and to our glorious guest, Jenna Suru, filmmaker, film um, festival director, the film festival director of Paris International Film Festival, uh, the filmmaker behind uh, Large Door, The Golden Age. It's a great, great film. Can't wait to watch it again. I uh, want to thank all of you for having uh, taken the time to listen to us. want to thank Resonance FM, as I always do, for not listening to us. Otherwise, they would have heard my voice and yanked our show off the air. Uh, so I appreciate that, that they still have kept us on. Jenna, want to ex extend a special, special thanks to you as well. I can see glorious day in Hollywood behind you. Uh, it's fantastic. Thank you for, for taking your time, yanking yourself away from the glitz and glamour to sit down and chat with us about your projects. And it's always a pleasure to speak to you whenever you come on. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm looking forward to seeing you, Marcus, producer Dave, in London so soon. It will be a, a beautiful time. As soon as you come down, let us know and we'll definitely meet up. Look forward to it. You have been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I have been Marcus Liako. I'm still producer Dave. Thank you very much for listening. And speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.